Quick question for you. Are you a Federal Access member yet? If you're a government contractor, you need a Federal Access account. You can get started today with a free membership. Just visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Free members get access to about 20 documents and templates as well as our video training playbooks. More importantly, this gets you in the RSM Federal ecosystem and makes you part of our community. So go grab your free account today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Hey everyone, Michael Lejeune here. I will be your host today on Game Changers. And as always, we have a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking about bid matching and contract management systems and some of the intricacies of that and uh, you know some of the how people rely very heavily on them some people don't even use them don't know anything about it and my guest today who's going to give us a lot of information on this is joshua frank josh is my business partner at rsm federal and he's a co-host here at game changer so josh for those that don't know you why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself for everybody hey good morning mike I've been in the market for about 25 years. Uh, I ran the Department of Defense for MasterCard. I've worked for 8As. I've worked for other small business. I've worked for mid-tier and uh, started RSM about nine years ago, this December. And we specialize in techniques and strategies and helping our uh, our FA members, our federal access members, and, and our clients, our coaching and retainer uh, win contracts. And we've done... Uh, We've helped our our clients and our members win uh, what is it now 1.6 billion in government contracts the last five years alone. So a little bit about me. Yeah, and you know 1.6 billion dollars. You know some people look at that and think, well, you know that's that's uh, not a lot of money or that's a huge amount of money. It's a lot of money. <laughs> you, you know 1.6 billion dollars. I always tell companies. You know, there, there's a lot of these small companies out there that may not even make a million dollars over 10 years, you know, when they're just starting out. And so $1.6 is a lot. And, you know, especially, again, for these small companies that are hearing this, there are ways to accelerate what you're doing. And I think today is going to be a really powerful session for them to hear about bid matching systems, kind of the pros and the cons and just what's out there and just some of your experience. You know, we, we've gone from using some of the free ones to some of the paid ones. And, you know, you even recently just kind of experienced kind of switching around some of the free ones out there to see what the value is of those things. So I'm looking forward to the insights you have for them, because again, if, if you're a small business and you're listening to this, you're trying to grow your sales. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. That's why you're here. And you're looking for every, as we talked to somebody yesterday, every silver bullet you can find. And I think bid matching systems can be a silver bullet for some people. And, you know, sometimes they can be just a drain if you don't know how to use them. So I think there's a lot of mm-hmm. valuable right. insight on what you're going to share with us today. So, so just to give our listeners some perspective, how many systems are there out there? Uh, great question. You know, uh, let me back up real quick. Let's define what a bid matching system is. Great, uh, I think there may point. be some, yeah, some listeners may not know. <clears throat> it's an online service. It's designed to help companies identify opportunities uh, and provide data, not intelligence, just data and information on those opportunities. 
so that a company can identify, bid, and win contracts. And and you know, there's look, there's bid matching systems, contract management systems. Uh, some companies call them analytic systems. Uh, they it sounds simple, uh, but it, it's in both commercial and government spaces, right? So all all, all markets have them. How many? There are hundreds in the government space alone. I mean, some are better than others. Some are a waste of 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 absolute money. Right. Um, I I don't outline which system, which systems are weak or, or or the strong ones publicly. I reserve that for normally one on one discussions. So you know, for the for our listeners uh, today that are like, well, I wanted to hear the really strong ones. What what which should I get? Well, there's so many of them, and it really depends. Um, give you an example. You know, the PTAC has a bid matching system, uh, which, depending on your PTAC, the service can be free or it can be a couple hundred bucks. Uh, everyone knows who the big boys are in the market. You know, there's two or three of them, and and those of you who know who they are, you're saying them out loud right now. Uh, and then you got about a dozen fairly well known bid matching systems that are a step down from the big guys. And you also have industry-specific bid matching systems. Uh, perfect example is if you do a lot of uh, DLA dibs or you do a lot of logistics uh, in product sales, uh, there are bid matching systems that specifically focus on logistics, right? And then you got a couple hundred companies out there um, they're all providing some version of bid matching, some version of contract management systems. But the bottom line, they all provide some level of value. Uh, the systems you get depends on, uh, really depends on how are you going to use them and how strong is your business development strategy. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a, a, a great intro into what they are and, and how you're going to use them. And, you know, from my perspective, I always tell people the reason that there are hundreds, if not thousands of these systems is because finding the opportunity is actually the easy part. Yes, it is. Yep. That's the easy part. You know, you, you always know what the easy part of something is by how many solutions there are on the market. And when, there, <laughs> and when there are hundreds of solutions on the market, you're like, oh, this must be the easy part because I look on the back end and it, it's not to pat us on the back or anything like that, although I'll take that. The, the hard part is how do I win those things? And that's where I like looking at systems that help show some of that. But I mean, it's really the weak part of all bid matching systems is that, and I, and I, and the only reason I say that on here, especially early in the podcast is I think there's too many people that get into these things thinking that the bid matching system, whichever one it is, whether it's a high end or a low end or whatever is their silver bullet. And I just, I get that. It's kind of like my 8A certification. You know, I get that money's just going to rain from the heavens. And that's just <laughs> not true, regardless of whether you paid a few hundred bucks or a few thousand bucks. It's just not true uh, of bid matching. And I think that's an important disclaimer for people to have going into it. No, that's it's a great point. And, uh, you know... I, it's the re again, this is, uh, we run the program, so I, I'll explain it, but you know, that's the whole reason why 
we spent five years standing up the federal access community, right? Uh, it was because everybody was looking at us and other consultants and other coaches and saying, hey, I see all these opportunities. I'm not winning any of them. I'm as good as the other company. What am I doing wrong? And the, and the answer is what you just said. You know, it's, that's the easy part. It's easy finding opportunities to bid on. It's hard finding good opportunities that you can actually differentiate yourself and be competitive. And, and that whole process, that, that whole part of your sales strategy, that's outside of your bid matching tool. Right. Right. Just my two cents. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And, and I think for the average business owner, and, and I, I've been this guy, so I'm going to speak from this perspective. The average business owner thinks in their mind, finding the opportunity is the hard part because I know how to sell our services. Mm-hmm. That's yep. what they think. And then they look at their conversion rate of how many, uh, how many proposals are you putting out there versus how many contracts are you actually win. And it stinks because they don't actually know how to sell their stuff because <laughs> it's so hard as a as a business owner inside your business to really see that force through the trees. And so that's why they they assume the easy part is finding the opportunities or or the hard part is finding the opportunities when that's actually the easy part and they don't spend enough time working on the techniques and strategies on the back end. So so again this is all kind of like a disclaimer on the front end of don't go and buy a bid matching system thinking that's going to solve all your problems. There's a lot more to this podcast than that, but that there's a lot of disclaimer up front about the real value. So 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 with that that is a good segue for, you know, how do companies rely on these systems in your opinion, Josh? What you know, what's the value that they're looking for out of them? Oh, I think most companies take that answer will take the answer for granted. Uh, so I think I think what I'll do is I'll first talk about how most companies use them, and then I'll discuss how companies should use them. Perfect. So first, you know, most companies see these systems as a core strategy, right, uh, which is contrary to what you just said, right? They see them as a core strategy to winning business, and they're absolutely not. And and, and that's going to come as a, as a surprise to, I think, a lot of our listeners, Um these bid matching systems are not, let me say again, are not, are not, are not a core strategy to winning business. They're just a tool. Mm-hmm. That's all they are. Many companies over rely on bid matching systems. Many sales folks, business developers over rely on them. They use them uh, like as a crutch for not fully understanding how to do prospecting. How to, how to do business development, how to do the full capture cycle. Now, everybody's got a different definition for capture. Um, it, it, the, the term capture strategy is, is fairly unique to government, uh, at least it, it's used in government space. And capture is simply prospecting, business development, sales, and execution, right, after you win the contract. Look at it this way. More than half a million companies – Use a bid matching, some bid matching or contract management system, but less. I don't know the exact number. It's less or less than a half win a contract, right? Mm-hmm. And so when when bid matching companies call, they call and tell you, hey, look how great our systems are. 
look at all this data and information that you have access to. You have to remember it's just a tool. And that data and information, now there's some that are going to disagree with me on this, and that's fine, but I know it to be a fact. Those systems do not provide intelligence. They provide data and information. Data and information alone doesn't necessarily give you a competitive advantage, does not necessarily allow you to differentiate, right, or ghost the weaknesses of your competition. It simply provides you with information. So you may, <clears throat> if you use these systems, you may win some contracts with, with nothing more than the data that you're finding in them, but you are very unlikely to see any explosive growth in your company. So, so in a nutshell, most companies over rely on these systems. Now, obviously more important, how should you use them? Uh, it's a more complicated answer, but it's also simple. Companies should augment and support a much larger capture strategy, sales strategy, using these systems as just one of the tools. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. I think that makes perfect sense. And, and what you're talking about there is also how it makes the the business development and sales teams, whatever you want to call them, it, it sort of makes them lazy, doesn't it? Like, I mean, it yeah, makes, it does. It, it makes it to where their job, instead of going out and looking for opportunities and creating opportunities, is where growth is, right? It turns them into uh, they're just processing requests that come in through the system, right? I yeah, mean yeah, yeah. And let me, <clears throat> I'm going to tag on something you just said. Um, lazy. Look, uh, we're not saying any of you are lazy, but we all know that we all do some things that may be a little lazy. You know, uh, this is uh, it's probably outside the podcast, but as, as our listeners know, I like to go off on tangents. When we work with companies, right, when we're coaching companies uh, to win contracts, most of them start off with spending four or five hours a day looking at these systems. Four or five hours a day. Right. I, I mean, come on. And, and, and so, you know, we, we, we look at them, we, we, we listen to how they're using it and we say, look, this is how you use this actually is applicable to today's podcast. The way you should use a bid matching system is the following. And this is exactly what we tell our clients in the morning. When you get into the office, you get your cup of coffee and you spend 30 minutes looking through the emails you've received from your bid matching system and you pre-qualify. That's it. You don't, you look at what's the next code, what's the title, generally what are they looking for. In 30 minutes, I can review easily 25 opportunities because I'm not yep. going through the statement of work. And then in the afternoon, you have one hour set aside to do full qualification. Those that are fully qualified, those are the ones that go on your pipeline. Okay, so, you know, we're talking an hour and a half max in uh, maybe on average an hour a day. That's it. If you're spending four or five hours, three hours, maybe even two and a half hours a day simply looking through opportunities, then you there is an issue with your strategy for sales and you are misusing, misusing your bid matching system. Just right. 
I, I want to throw that out. No, no, I, t- I totally agree. And I, I think that's where some people, when you say, you know, how much prospecting did you do today? And they're all oh, like four, five, six hours of prospecting. And so, so what does that entail? And the answer would be, I was in XYZ system for six hours. You were prospecting, you were looking at opportunities and, and, you know, what do we say about that? If you're, if you're looking at opportunities that are in the system and that's the first time you heard about it, you've already lost. You know, yeah. you know, so it's, it's like when you when you really think about it and dig in, it's one of those things where if that's the first time you're hearing about it and that's how you're doing 90 to 100 percent of your prospecting, like you just said, you know, your system is flawed. Your strategy is flawed. And that's where you need to rework it, because I think bid matching systems are very, very valuable when used properly. You know, Correct. I, Absolutely agree. Super valuable. Absolutely. You know, especially for the, the, the guy that's that's been listening to this podcast for 15 plus minutes now and says, I just dropped 10 grand on XYZ system. You're breaking <laughs> yes. my heart, guys. No, they're, they're super valuable when you structure it properly in your strategy. So so with that, one of the things that, that I want to touch on here is, you know, Let's get rid of some of the mystery behind these systems because I'm I'm always talking to people that are like, well, this one pulls from eighty seven thousand databases and whatever, and this one does this and that and other stuff. Give us the basics of how these systems work, and so our listeners are a little more educated on, yeah, on, sure. on what they're even trying to buy. Yeah, so you know they all look different, right? They're all branded. Uh, the 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 interface, uh, what you see on your computer screen, they, they all look different, right? Um, they all crunch and display data in different ways. They all have different levels of crunching the data, right? right? Some are some are really complicated uh, and, and extensive and some are simple. But bottom line, for the most part, they all pull the same data. They all pull the same data. Um, you know, they all pull from FPDS, uh, the Federal Procurement Data System. Oh, by the way, that's a free system right. you have access to today. Um, you know, uh, it's like USAspending.gov. USAspending.gov, it's got more information uh, than just what's in FPDS, but a huge chunk of it, huge chunk of it is pulling from FPDS. Uh, you know, everybody uses uh, FedBizOps. Guess what? All these bid matching systems, they all pull from FedBizOps. FedBizOps is free. Right. FPDS is free. USAspending.gov is free. So most of the data is coming from free systems, right? It just makes it in a much easier, user-friendly look and feel, right? For me... Even though I'm an expert at, at, at pulling data out of FPDS um, and, and for our FA members that are listening, our federal access members that are listening today to this podcast, we just did a playbook video, just did a playbook video on how to, you know, step by step run through how to do FPDS. So anyway, that's for the members. So again, they pull all for the most part from the same areas. Um, others uh, will pull a lot of information from DLA systems, right? And again, that's all free data. Yep. There are some systems that pull from more than sixty different sources, you know, sixty or more. So it all comes down to how they data flow their systems. In general, in summary, answer your question. 
they're all for most of the for the for for the most part they're all pulling from the same systems. They're all crunching data. They just crunch the data in a different way. But you do have access to all the raw data if you know what you're doing without using any of the systems. But that let me let me let me say we use several of the paid systems because of how great they are at crunching data. But those tools are like 10% of our overall sales strategy. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, the, the best part about most of these tools is the user interface. I mean, let's just, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's, how does it make it simple? Because, you know, if I go into FPDS and I start pulling data, uh, you know, FPDS is one of the, the systems that while you can, everything's a hot link and you can click on things. Once you download it into a spreadsheet, then you've got to learn how to manipulate the data and look at it. And for some, that's just too tedious. It's too tedious to look at it. Some people don't even know you can download the data, but, you know, it's just one of those things. So that's why a lot of these paid systems do have their popularity of, of the look and feel of right. those particular systems. Yeah. And I think that is that is a strong point. For a lot of folks, um, because the, it, you could go and research all the 60, 70, 80, whatever systems that they're pulling data from and one by one. But it takes so much time to go and pull that data and sort the data and match, you know, this line to that line and and whatever that these systems do a really good job of correlating the data so that, you know, this came with that. So which, which you know, kind of brings me to the, this next topic. You know, it seems like the the buzzword or the strong selling point that I see a lot of times when it comes to a bid matching system is its strong focus on expiring contracts. That's where a lot of them seem to focus their energy. What's your take on that? You know, the the reason many of these bid matching companies and, and quite a few consultants focus on expiring contracts is because that is all that's available from the data being pulled into these systems, right? Maybe except for sources, sought, and RFIs. If you think about it, a contracting officer can't enter a contract price. Uh, the winning contractor, uh, the agency that obligated the funds, or anything else about a contract, if the contract hasn't been awarded yet, right? right. So the government uses. Yes, the government uses agency forecasts, but those are primarily hit or miss. I've rarely found any value. Uh, it's just my opinion. Uh, I've rarely found value in agency forecasts. Concept of sound, but very few agencies do it for any other reason than it's federally mandated. Uh, but anyway, the reason why most bid matching and I think contract management systems rely on expiring contracts and that's how they sell their systems, right? Look at, you know, you can go after all this work is because all the data being crunched is for contracts that have been what? That have been already awarded, right? And so here's where it gets interesting. For the past 10 years, probably even longer, I've told companies, I've instructed companies, don't design your sales or your business development strategy around expiring contracts. And and that's because why government is risk adverse. Mm -hmm. Uh, they've always been highly, it's always been highly difficult to unseat an incumbent. Uh, normally the, uh, normally the, the only way to unseat an incumbent is through intelligence, right? Not data and information, i.e. what you get out of bid matching, but through intelligence. 
because most customers, whether government or commercial, uh, they don't like changing horses midstream. Now, uh, of course, this depends on on our industry. Uh, if you cut grass for the national cemeteries, yeah, they <laughs> probably yeah. Yeah, they probably care less about the incumbent as long as they they think the winning vendor is going to have good perform past performance. But for services that are continuous, uh, perhaps like uh, technology, it's more it's more difficult to unseat the incumbent. Now, most companies know, whether intrinsically or through experience, that taking a, a contract away from an incumbent is hard. But and, and I'm considering I'm jumping around here, but I'm considering a change to how I talk about expiring contracts. Now, I'm still researching it, but uh, I think everybody's heard of Grant Thornton. They're a consulting firm. They completed a survey of government contractors for fiscal year 2016. Um, bear with me. This is really important. Uh, most of what I read was expected, uh, but one metric caught me by surprise, Mike, and it was – I don't know how many contractors were in the study. Could have been 25. Could have been 500. Uh, it's another reason I why I've – asked my colleagues for more information on this metric, but the respondents to the survey indicated that their proposal win rate when they were the incumbent contractor decreased from 75% in 2015 to 54% in 16. That's massive. If the, uh, yeah. It's, if these figures are correct, Mike, that implies that 50% of expiring contracts were not awarded to the incumbent. It's astonishing. And it, now, it also makes me question the accuracy in the survey sample size. Sure. Regardless of these percentages, no company, this is my recommendation, no company should focus their business development strategy on expiring contracts. It's entirely too much risk for the time, the cost, and the resources. For our listeners, you want to have a hybrid strategy, sales strategy, you know, where you're both prime and, and subcontracting, but also where you're focused as much on new opportunities as you're focused on expiring opportunities, which means, and, and I'm beating a dead horse, if your primary daily activity is searching bid matching systems, like we just said, mm -hmm. focus on new opportunities, not expiring contracts where you can actually engage in pre-acquisition, build relationships, and trust. Yeah, and you know, I think some, a couple things you hit on there. One is, I think for most people, the concept of creating new opportunities, it should be their focus, but it is such a mystery. Mm -hmm. How do I create not new opportunities? And that's really where a lot of explosive growth can come from. And when you, when you really talk growing your business, there is the looking at the stuff in the bid matching system. There's mm -hmm. looking at expiring contracts and those kind of things. And that gives you enough intelligence to kind of take another step in creating opportunities. Because that, that's really where I think a lot of people totally miss the boat with these things and where I think, you know, that's where the value comes. Oh, these people are buying my services, which, you know, you just did a webinar for our FA members on who buys what you sell and you used USA spending to walk through that example. And so our, our members can go check that out. And so you can find who buys what you sell and then you can work on 
how do I create an opportunity based on people who are already buying what I sell? You know, that's excellent. Well said. Yes. So, so I think that's perfect. Another thing you talked about there is, you know, this incumbent thing in these expiring contracts. I, I, I want to, like you said, a little small tangent here. I think one of the reasons that this is happening for some people is there are some younger, I would say, inexperienced companies in the market that are winning contracts and are stealing contracts from the incumbent based on LPTA. And in that conversation we had, again, in another podcast, in another playbook where for our, our members, where we talk about the impacts of LPTA and how some companies are coming in and they're stealing a contract because some people have, you know, senior level people in and, you know, their margins are thin. They can't they can't adjust the rates very, very much. New guy comes in, steals the contract, thinking once I steal it, they can't unseat me. Right. Because 75 percent of the incumbents win only to have not run a solid business strategy around LPTA and then a year, two, three years, they're in the same position as that incumbent and another mm-hmm. new guy comes in and snags them. So it's one of those things where, you know, there's there's some implications there outside of this that fall into your strategy that these systems don't talk about. You know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and we we've we've really beat the dead horse on these systems being amazing at crunching the data and finding stuff. You know, but once you find the contract, that's where their expertise seems to stop. You know, that's it. You know, finding the existing contracts. And and so, you know, maybe tack on to what I was just saying there, some thoughts in, in kind of your final wrap up there on. So, you, so you're using the bid matching system. You're taking it to the next level of, of finding these opportunities. Their expertise stops there. Where do we... Or where should the business owner pick up with their strategy in this? Uh, it's it's a uh, it's a good question. So it's a whole other podcast. It is. It is. You know, from my experience, uh, you know, from my experience, uh, you know, these systems are great at crunching data, right? To 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 find stuff. But once you find once you find a contract. You know, uh, two things. One, you know, it seems that's where a lot of bid matching systems stop, right? You know, it's you you find the opportunities in these systems, but now what do you do with it? You know, um, and, and that's really a good question, but it's also very political. Um, you know, let's answer with it first. Let me. I'm going to answer uh, a question with a question. You know, <clears throat> when all these bid matching systems are fra- first brought to market. What do they focus on? They focus on crunching data, right? Mm-hmm. So that you know uh, our government contractors can turn the data into information that can be used for decision making. That's how all these companies got started. But because uh, there are hundreds of these systems out there, how do they successfully sell their services? Well, you know, when, when so many companies sell what they sell, and the answer is they differentiate by creating other capabilities that target the sales cycle. You know, let me give you an example. There are bid matching systems that focus on teaming with other companies, right? And and I, I always tell uh, our members, you know, do not pay for simply a teaming solution, right? Go out in the market, go to conferences, you can, you can meet folks. Mm-hmm. Um, Others focus on file management or CRM type capability. Others try to automate responses to sources sought. This is a pet peeve of mine. 
Um, and, and I chuckle every time I hear about automating responses, like to a source of thought. I'm not talking an outline, but like a system that actually sends your response, writes your response and sends it to the government. Mike, a software solution is not capable of tailoring a response to a specific opportunity. It's just not possible. Right. Sure, a bid matching system can can pull your contact information, your generic paragraph on who your company is. It can enter a signature, but that's not going to allow you to ghost your strengths right. or, or, or the weaknesses of the competition. So all the bid matching companies that provide these automated services, that's not really their competency. And while these automated solutions may work, technically they provide the value necessary uh, to proper, uh, they don't, you know, provide the necessary value. You know, I, I will, I'll close up on my side with a couple of points. First, doesn't matter which system you use. These can all be really valuable systems if you know how to use them. If you use these systems in place of a, a strong business development strategy, you're wasting your money. You are wasting your money. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, I would, I would close with this. A bid matching system means absolutely nothing to you. If you don't know how to engage those opportunities after you've identified them, and, you know, we, I, I, I tell our members and clients all the time, when you look at your pipeline, 40% of the opportunities in your pipeline, 40%, should be opportunities in pre-acquisition. You're not going to find them in a bid matching system. You're not going to find them in FedBizOps. So if you have 30 opportunities in your pipeline, 12 of them, nobody else is going to find them on all these public systems or paid systems. That's my two cents. No, I, I think that's perfect. And that goes back to what you were saying about creating opportunities. So, you, you know, using these systems to actually create opportunities for yourself, because that's where the money is made. That's where competition is reduced, you know, and that's, mm -hmm. that's where you have the greatest chance of success. You know, when I, I boil it down this way. If you are bidding on stuff that's on FitBizOps at the same time as another person, your chances of winning, let's just be realistic. Let's say they're 50-50. It's 50 It's a coin flip of who's mm -hmm. going to win it. And you're the, you're the coin flip of 50-50. But the ones that you were talking about, that 40%, where you've created those opportunities, your chances are 75% or greater. They're, they're way greater because yes. you have been in the ear of that contract officer, in the, in the ear of those grassroots level supporters. You've been in their ear ghosting this stuff from the beginning. And that's why those opportunities have such a higher great, a higher chance of closing. And so use, use these other opportunities that your systems bring you to get you into position to go in and start focusing on these these greater uh, conversion opportunities. Yeah, and, and Mike, I, I, you said something. Uh, one last point on my side. Uh, you know, th this show is is this podcast is sponsored by the Federal Access Program, and I want to make a, a point because th this is uh, something that I think will 
clarify, crystallize in a lot of people's minds, bid matching systems can help you identify opportunities. Federal access helps give you the techniques and strategies to win the opportunities that you've identified in a bid matching system. It's like a complimentary, it's the, uh, it's, if the bid matching system is 10% of your sales strategy, FA is the other 90% right. or, or call it 70% yeah. and there's other pieces out there. But, uh, you know, what you're talking about right now, absolutely. Uh, bid matching is not the end all be all. It's just a small piece of the puzzle. Right. No, I, absolutely. And, and I like to tell people a lot of times when they're saying, what's the difference between, you know, federal access and XYZ bid matching system. And I always tell them, you know, federal access picks up where that stops. Their expertise yep. <laughs> stops at finding it, and we do the rest. You know, right. Again, nothing bad about the the bid matching system because that's important, and that, and that's probably in my closing here. I want to leave people understanding bid matching systems are important. They are very very important, whether they're free or whether they're paid. What's important is what you've talked about through this whole podcast of understanding how and when to use them and for what purposes. And I think if if listeners really get that then they can get the real value out of their, their bid matching systems. So, so, Agreed. so we'll, we'll just leave them with that. So, so thank you for being on. I think this is, you know, I say this every time, but I feel like this is like one of the most powerful podcasts that we've ever done. That's why I went way over <laughs> on time today and just, and just let it fly. So, so thanks for being on today. And, uh, and, and while I'm here, let me also take a minute to thank all of our listeners for joining us today on this episode. Remember you can find every episode on iTunes. Just look for game changers for government contractors and subscribe to the feed to make sure you get every episode and while you're there if you could do us a favor i'd love for you to kind of rate the episodes and and you know put a little comment in there about game changers that'll help other people find it so if you if you could do that that'd be awesome too and then last but not least please visit our sponsor for today's episode the federal access program at federal-access.com forward slash join when you visit the site today you'll learn how you can get a free copy of the government sales manual so yep it's a totally free copy uh, when you join federal access today please be sure to tune in next time for more lessons from our experts on how you can win more government contracts thanks for listening to game changers for government contractors for a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash game changers.